Hello and welcome to the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin Yap. And I'm Ian McNally. And today we're going to be reviewing Pacific Rim Uprising. That's right. The sequel to the Guillermo del Toro directed original, but he's uh, not directing this one. Stephen DeKnight is picking up the uh, director's hat for this one. Yep. But before, before, we, before we get to that, we should say we are proudly brought... This podcast is sponsored, proudly sponsored by GreenRoom136.com. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the. Yes, we are proudly sponsored by Greenroom136.com, a Malaysian independent bag company specializing in the design and manufacturing of various urban carry gear. These are awesome bags. I own a couple myself. One of the bags, that little uh, side keep, little side keep that I got for myself. I can never remember what these things are called. <laughs> There's too many names for your it. Gavin pouch. <laughs> my Gavin pouch uh, saved my life on many occasions. Especially during the Pontianak shoot where I had to carry like a whole bunch of shit in it. So these are awesome bags. They go I highly way, recommend them. They, all, they go all the way from that size up to the Kaiju size Rainmaker, which is what I use for all my shit. That's right. You want a Jaeger bag? You want a Kaiju bag? Green Room 136, that's where you go. That's where you go. Just don't ask for those specifically. Just look for something that looks like a Kaiju bag yeah. or a Jaeger bag. Or you can also, they have a tab where you can get custom bags made, where you can get a bag in the color or Kaiju of your choice. Excellent. Excellent. If you would like to purchase one of these fine bags, uh, go to greenroom136.com, click on the shop, and on checkout, use the discount code MACIAP10 for 10% discount. That sounds like a hell of a deal. It's a hell of a deal. All right. What a bargain. <laughs> It's like that Mad Max Thunderdome. That's, it, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bargain. It's not. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to our Pacific Rim Uprising review. We were born into a world at war. Between the monsters that destroyed our cities and the monsters we created to stop them, we thought we had sacrificed enough. But the war we thought we finished is just beginning. And the only thing standing in front of the apocalypse is us. So what did you think of the first one? You weren't... I was not a huge fan of the first one. I wanted to love it, but I liked it. I, I, was, in, I, was, I was moderately entertained by it. But I was just crushingly disappointed. I found I, I was very, very disappointed by it, and I think um, you were expecting Blade Two, and you got Blade Three. Mm, yeah, not quite that. Not quite <laughs> that. I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was. Ex- I just. I was expecting. More. I guess because it was because it was Del Toro. Mm. I think what I really felt let down by were was actually the characters. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I've seen. Um, I've heard Mark Commode's review where he has the complete opposite opinion of me, where he thought, like, you know, unlike Transformers, here you understand the character motivation and you understand this and, yeah. you, and you give a shit about the character. That guy's Australian and angry. Those yeah. guys are Russian and angry. Yeah. And while I do agree that you do have a much clearer understanding of the character's motivations, yeah. you know, I, it's the characters themselves that I didn't find particularly compelling. Now, this could have been a casting thing, mm. but I don't necessarily believe that that's what it was because I'm not a huge Charlie Hunman fan, but when Charlie Hunman's good, if, if, if an actor gives a good performance, I'm like, fine, you yeah. know, it's a good performance. Idris Elba was doing what Idris Elba does. You know? Giving great fucking speeches. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know Rinko Kikuchi, she was uh, the, her, her, her usual self. Although, but even by her standards, she was bad. She was bad in that movie, and I've seen her be and I've seen her be really, really good. But I find that with her, she's either really good or really bad. Like Babel, she's really good. 
uh, Pacific Rim, bad. Hmm. 47 Ronin, bad. Hmm. You know, I mean, th- th- it's just bizarre. And she turns up here, and I found her nowhere near as annoying in, in this one, in, in the new one that I did in the first well, one. Well, she barely does anything. Well, anyway. Yeah. But the whole thing... I think the first film for me suffered because it was a Del Toro movie. Because it was a Del Toro movie, I think I went in there with higher expectations than I should have. Mm. But then on the action front, I'm thinking, okay, it's giant monsters versus fucking kaijus versus up to the way it's, gi- it's giant robots versus kaijus. You yeah. know how bad? You know how bad can that be? And while the action sequences were good. I was very frustrated by the fact that it was all mostly at night. All it in the was rain. All in the rain. It's the Pacific, man. I know. But it's not Mediterranean rim, and 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 also aside from that, the 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 original concept borrows so fucking heavily. <laughs> borrows, you could almost say it steals <laughs> yeah. from uh, Evangelion. Yeah, you know, and and everything. I mean, and and, and so many Warren, other Warren Ellis when he was doing like trying out different stories of different publishers and seeing which one would stick. He did like Tokyo Storm Warning, which yeah. is almost the same setup just without the drifting. Yeah, and so because of all of that, to me, because it's so. It was so so influenced by Japanese culture, by Japanese by by anime. I was just annoyed that it was in English, <laughs> and and not only that because the dialogue I found the dialogue atrocious uh-huh. in, in, the, in the first one. Every everything that came out of Charlie Hunman's mouth, nothing to do with Charlie Hunman. I just didn't like the lines, mm. and and I didn't like the way he was delivering the lines, and everything just felt so like yes, I understand the character motivation. I understand why he's like that. He lost his brother. He's like that. Yeah. I understand why Idris Elba is is such a hard ass. I understand why why Makomori is is uh, res- is uh, resistant towards um, the Charlie Hunman character. I mean, I can't, I can't remember his name now. I, 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 Riley I, Beckett. Yes, I, I'm, Riley. Yeah, I understood all of that. The problem was was that I didn't for a second believe <laughs> that they had the uh, the relationships they were supposed to have. Mm. That was the major issue for me. I mean, and, you, and, that's, you, you and that can... was the first time. That was the first time I had felt that in a Del Toro movie, yeah. where the... I didn't believe the characters believed who they were, the... and the movie clearly clearly thought that it was good enough for, for you to buy into all of that. Mm. You can tell that very much they removed the kiss from the end because what they didn't see, it wasn't earned in the edit anyway. Yeah, yeah. It felt like there was going to be a kiss there, but there was none. Yeah, whereas in this one, I actually enjoyed this more. Really? And, and the reason I enjoyed it more is because this one seems to understand, like, okay, look, yeah, we're not, a, we're not about character development. It didn't work in the first one. Mm. Uh, so, you know... Dialogue, dialogue's just as bad in this one as it was in that. Actually, dialogue's a bit worse in this one. Than, than, <laughs> Let's get that. You know, di- dialogue is actually worse in this one than it was in that one. But what I was interested to see with this one, based on the trailers, because the trailers uh, for this one, compared to the first one, was very bright, very colorful. Very Power Rangers-y. Yeah, very Power Rangers-y, very anime. Mm. Very anime. And I was like, okay, all right. I, I can, I mean, like, it, it looks horrible. <laughs> It, there was, there it was doesn't. That. It doesn't look like it's going to have much of a compelling story. But then again, the first one didn't. So let's see if it delivers on the action front. There was a shot in the trailers that made me worried, which was where the robots all show they're ready, one, and one, it does. A, it goes a zoom between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in yeah. the movie, it doesn't do the CG enhanced zoom between them, which I was pr- thanking God for because it looks super cheesy and naff. Yeah, in a way I but, didn't like. But the thing is, is that to me, this is an advantage of this one. Uh-huh. It's an advantage of this one because all of the action sequences. Are all in broad daylight. Yeah, it's massive fucking carnage. They're not even in the water anymore. They're not even in the water. Well, I mean, like, yeah, just just a little bit. But for the most part, it's all 
it did feel like a live action anime a lot more than the first one did for me and and that brings with it a a level of sort of cheesiness and also cheapness like even though this is a massive a big budget movie because it's all in broad daylight and because of all of that because it has that anime feel it does feel a little cheap but i liked that <laughs> i liked that i still would have preferred it if uh, like like uh, i think um when we reviewed Pacific Rim uh, years ago, when, when when the first one came out, yeah. I, I I distinctly remember saying that I I would have changed my entire opinion of this movie if the whole movie was redubbed in Japanese, in Japanese, or even in English. Yeah, you know, like if they had done, if they, they could have originally done it in English or Japanese, and then but switch they, the characters, but then, but, they, but then redub it with those fucking cheap ass like Hong Kong actors. <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, Mako Mori, where are you going? Oh, you know, that kind of shit. If yeah. they had done that, I think I would have loved the original. Behind you, it's Knifehead. Yeah. All of the way that the sequel's done, the way the Pacific Rim Uprising is done, if they had done that, I would have thought this is one of the best films of the year. This is probably the Gavin edit of it. Just redub the whole fucking movie. Just redub the whole fucking movie, either in Japanese or redub it in English, but not great English. <laughs> with not great actors. Well, we've, they've, they've got the not great actors thing nailed. Um, so the the story of this one now takes up ten years after the previous one. Yeah. Um, we still have Jaegers for some reason, even though there's been no kaiju attacks for ten years. Basically, they're they're under the impression that well, they got to come back. I guess, but they don't even. There's no lines to say. Well, you know, they're keeping they're, they're keeping the defense up. Yeah. They yeah. never like one line would have been like, well, obviously we always got to train to make sure we have more. Yeah. There's no line explaining that at all. And like the first time you see well, a Jaeger, the, the, the first time you see a Jaeger, it's basically a cop. Well, the closest thing you get to an explanation is something that uh, that Nate Lambert, Scott Eastwood's character, says. Mm. Uh, or it's is it his? Is it him who says it? That basically it's like, you know, you have to, you know, like uh, the, you have to kind of understand what we, you know, we didn't win. It, it was just you need to sort of, understand the monsters. You need to understand the monsters to yeah. understand why they were doing. it. If you don't understand why they were, why they were doing it, then then we didn't win. Or, yeah. or the, the, there's no there's no telling of whether or not they may come back. And so that that's the closest thing to an explanation that you get. Yeah. I would have preferred just a quick line about it, like you know, or you know, like War of the Worlds Goliath. We just have them just in case we need them, or something. Or just like have a little, like have a little, like sort of like crawl at the beginning, the way they did with Blade Runner twenty forty six. Yeah, was it twenty forty six? Like the peacekeepers now, or something like that. Yeah, you know, the UN peacekeepers. There yeah, you go. Yeah, just, just some, something like that. Yeah. You know. So it's ten years later, and uh, we pick up with Jake Pentecost, who is the son of Stacker Pentecost. Uh, Stacker is played by Idris Elba. Uh, Jake is played by John Boyega. Yeah, and he's not following in his father's footsteps. He's living in the zones that have been trashed by kaiju and never really rebuilt and just, you know, scavenging. A running with the law lands him and Nememe, what's her name? Amara. Amara Nemani, um, a scrappy young kid who's built her own shitty little Jaeger. And they get press ganged into the Rangers again. He, it turns out he's been a pilot before, but just kind of washed out or something. Yeah. And now he's back as an instructor. She joins as a cadet. Scott Eastwood is there for some reason. And there's this plot about their jobs could be now on the line because they're looking at building drone ones. And then a rogue Jaeger appears. Basically what happens is that the first Pacific Rim did well enough in China to justify a sequel being made. I thought you were talking about in-world explanations. <laughs> the first Pacific Rim did well enough in China to justify this movie being made. Therefore, it 
it stands to reason that there should be quite a few Chinese characters in this. Yeah, and, I get that, but and I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't mind that. I didn't mind. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't feel I, it was like that. I felt it was relatively natural Chinese yeah, yeah, power yeah, in the world. Yeah. Tian Jing plays uh, Li Wenxiao, uh, and she's the the mastermind along with uh, Charlie Day's character from the first film, Ginsler. Yep, and they're putting together these drone Jaegers, yeah. who will make the old Jaegers obsolete. Yeah, but. There's foul play afoot. Yes. <laughs> and who could it be? We'll get to spoilers later, but... Um, oh, are we doing spoilers? I think we should do some spoilers. Yeah, all right. Uh, you know, fuck it. People like to listen to this after the fact. But, um, yeah, I, one of the biggest problems... I mean, the, the, the first 15, 20 minutes is all John Boyega's life is as, as, as Yeezy. Basically partying and doing shit. Yeah. And this little fight with this bumblebee-looking fucking Jaeger, which just annoyed the hell out of me. That whole segment was just, like, too long and... Way too much setup, and there was a lot of setup. There was yeah. a lot of setup. My, you know, my sort of, uh, you know, my verdict of enjoying this more than the first one is entirely to do with the action. When the Jaeger, yeah, when the Jaegers start. Once the Jaegers and the Kaiju start going at it, yeah, I preferred this one a lot more to the first one. Yeah. In terms of in terms of dialogue, like I said, mm. the dialogue in the first one was better. But I didn't think the dialogue in the first one was good. I didn't think the acting in the first one was good. So me thinking the acting in this one isn't good doesn't really make that much of a difference. No. I'm talking purely in terms of comparing it to the first one. One big difference, though, is that John Boyega's character is supposed to be a smart arse. The only problem is that every line they give him that's supposed to be a joke falls flat on its arse. Not just him. Like, none of the humor works. None of it, yeah. But then again, I didn't think any of the humor in the first one worked. Mm. Like, the way, uh, you know, you talk about Geisler. Geisler and Gottlieb. Yeah. Like, the two of them in the first one. I did. Did not find them funny at all. Yeah. And then the same thing is repeating itself in this one. Mm. And I didn't find it like none of the jokes landed for me. I none laughed three times and two of those were with the movie at bizarre situations, and the third was about a plot development I just thought was kind of funny. I laughed more at the Don uh, at, I, I laughed more at the Dwayne Johnson skyscraper trailer <laughs> before. before the movie started <laughs> than I did at Pacific Rim 2. Mm. And when I laughed at the skyscraper trailer, it wasn't because I thought there was, it wasn't because there was a funny line. It was because I thought the movie looked fucking horrible. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> laughing at how bad it looked. You know, The Rock doesn't look like he's running full tilt on that crane. He really doesn't. He, he looks really like does. he's really holding it back or something. He really, or he really looks like he's got a false leg. He really does. No, the, the bit at the beginning when you see him with the false leg, I started laughing. <laughs> I'm like, this is bullshit. Because you're I a horrible know, human being. I know what happens. I know what, I've seen what, you know, I know what happens when people get a, when people get a false leg the rest of them doesn't stay cut <laughs> it's not so hard to keep that fucking body going yeah when you've got a when you've got a fucking yeah when you've got his ability yeah <sighs> yeah so I mean it's not a great movie but it is fucking cheesy as shit fun as, yeah. especially like if you like if you know if you're a fan of Robotech you know like that kind like that kind of action You'll enjoy this. Yeah. I think you will. You know, but it's that kind of thing. You got to go in there expecting a cheesy ass fucking anime ripoff. Yeah, pretty much. And if and you know, with 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 hints of Power Rangers. And but I must say, like the action, like Michael Bay should fucking watch this. Yeah. You know, because I felt some of the some of the stuff with Scrapper because he turns into a ball and rolls around the place a little bit, like the way that Bumblebee enters every scene. I felt that was very bayish, and I didn't like it as a result. Because I want to see 200 foot tall Jaegers. And when yeah. they do, I did find the design of the Jaegers as well wasn't so 
the, I mean, the first one had the very stereotypical characteristics of their nations. Like, Cherno Alpha was a big nuclear reactor. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, they kind of... Could you tell them, apart, I mean, apart from the one with the big ball and the, <laughs> the gypsy Avenger, mm. the other ones, there was one that beat three people, but I wasn't sure which one that was. They didn't stand out that much. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. No, the Jaegers had a lot, much more distinctive personalities than the first one. Yeah, and, and for some reason, there's a lady Jaeger. There's one that just looks like a lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, representation, I guess. Yeah. Was that the pink one or no, the yellow? The orangey kind orangey of Orangey one? I think it was yeah, Athena yeah. something or other. They all have stupid fucking names. And they even this rogue one, they give it a ridiculous... They don't just call it the Rogue Jaeger. It's Obsidian Fury. It's Obsidian Fury. There's a scene where uh, Kaylee Sp- uh, Spaney's character, who looks like a young... Sh- is it Shailene Woolley? Woody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Divergent series. Mm-hmm. Like I kept wondering, is this her sister? Because it really looks like her. A little bit. And like where she first sees all the Jaegers and she's listing them off by name because she's a big fan, obviously. Mm. And it's like, I got lost. I stopped trying to take notes. There's just too many of them. And I feel, I felt that the story, if it had been just specific kids, if it had focused more on the kids, I like forgot like Ditch Eastwood and uh, John Boyega or Lower, just have the instructors be more like Sucker Pentecost, just a little bit there. Or mm. just even what Rinko Kikuchi did, just have it that level. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been better because all the kids were just like there's the one we know mm-hmm. there's the angry Russian one mm-hmm. there's the other Russian one mm-hmm. there's the brown boy and then there's the ones that always stand in the middle distance I think there were three of them there may have been five I can't tell yeah. there were ones who did nothing yeah no I mean like uh, the other cadets with the exception of me oh and the Asian one as well there was only two ca- there's only three cadets that really sort of I won't even say st- stood out. No. They, they had some things to say and the camera focused on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. But aside from that, you knew nothing about them. No. Absolutely nothing. You didn't care. And, and I was grateful for that. Really? That was the problem with the first one. It's all sort of like trying to say like, oh, this person's gone through this, this person's gone through that. I don't give a shit. But you've got to have some character. Yes, I no. I Apart from he's Asian. No, I get that. I get that. But I just like how in this one, they're just like... Fuck it. Mm. Can we get to the action? Yeah. <sighs> and, and I don't always feel that way. You know, yeah. I, I like, you know, I like good characterization as much as the next movie. Buff. And it helps sell things. I, I, I thought it helps sell. I thought it helped some aspects of the But I went one. in there thinking, hate it. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's a sequel to a movie I didn't like. Trailer looks fucking ass. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I had zero expectations and I found myself grinning for some bizarre reason. Mm. I mean, I didn't like, you know, grinning at the action. Yeah. Yeah. it's like the fucking collateral damage they just level the fucking building you know it's like oh everyone's underground no they're not yeah there's very we, clearly a we, shot of we, people we, not getting into a, an just, emergency we shelter we just saw a whole bunch of fuckers <laughs> not get in and get fucking slammed by, by a Jaeger foot <laughs> and there's, it's, it's, that, it's like that line from um, Superman versus Batman it's like oh they're on that uninhabited island it's fine Mm. There's no one there. They're all on the ground. It's safe. We've learned our lesson from Man of Steel. Yeah, I did get a very Evangelion uh, feeling at that. I felt like Tokyo Three. Is that the city? Tokyo Three. That's the city from Evangelion because no, everyone's no. always underground in that. Everything's no, no, yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Evangelion more from from for, yeah. I mean, but there's never any like worrying about the population in Evangelion. It's yeah. all about getting the fucking robot Shinji. Yeah, it's all his internal problems. Yeah, but um, there was that element of it, but there was just. Like, when there was some human drama, like, there's a point where Gypsy Avenger catches something before it falls on a load of people. Yeah. That was cool. I would have liked to have seen that kind of shit. There was a little bit of that in the first one where the kaiju's trying to get into the emergency place where Charlie Day is mm. as well, which I thought that kind of amped it up a bit because I think you said afterwards it felt weightless and it felt weightless in regards to the, ki- the, the robots a little bit, but, like, there's no, there's not much threat. No. There's no threat. No. 
And even worse, I don't think they had the weight. The the cast of the first one complained a lot. Well, they didn't complain. They just I mean, said it. I think, I think the, the biggest difference is that the first one, whether you liked it or not, felt like a film. Mm. Whereas this one feels like, like a Netflix like, kid special, like like an episode of something. Yeah, you know, it, I think that's the biggest difference. And because of that, it was easier to in, for me to sort of enjoy because I'm enjoying it on a much more sort of superficial level. Yeah. Whereas with the first one, I went in there thinking, yeah, fucking Del Toro is going to reinvent the fucking <laughs> wheel or something, yeah. and that just didn't happen. And so the disappointment level was higher. Whereas with this one, it it, it like as you say, it just felt like you know. And even the way it ends, it feels like next episode. Yeah, they you do know? that at the end. The, but there's something on the first one, they had to work the Jaegers. You know, there was kind of a weight system and everything. Yeah, they, had yeah. to, like, they had to physically work out yeah, to do the yeah, shit. Yeah. And it was like a big deal to get your feet in. But that's still Toro. Yeah. I mean, that... He that, puts his... De- but th- that level of detail, I like that. Because if I'm starting to question your world, then I start questioning why John Baeger's accent is so bad and why... Or not accent, his dialogue is so bad. Or questioning why Scott Eastwood is in this at all. Or why that girl Jules is in this. Like, they have this engineer character who pops up, like, three times. Yeah. And then one of which is the kind of set up a rivalry, love rivalry. Yeah. But there's literally... There's been Jaegers who've had more screen time than she has. Yeah. I mean, there's pieces of clothing. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's been a long time since I've seen a character get set up for something and then just pissed off pissed just pissed on but even Scott Eastwood's character is set up as a rival but I think it's in his contract he can't play bad guys because he's just nice he's like yeah we had a problem in the past but we can just jump into a Jaeger and pilot it together no problem but then again I never not for a second did I think that they were going to be at each other's other's throats not for a second the way that it was built up there there wasn't any animosity yeah there's none that you didn't really feel anything like sort of like you you know what about that you know like there was no sort of thing where one character goes you know, try not try not to choke this time, and then the other guy attacks him. There was nothing like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, what I mean, it was. It was well, he didn't need that level, but this would be so much like, oh well, we got in a fight before. What did they get in the fight over? I can't even remember what they got in the fight over. But that's just this like, well, you know, yeah, but we're cool. We can do it. It's fine. Mm. We can drift again. I can get inside your head. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, okay. I guess we're going to jump straight into spoilers. There's a few things. So I think we can talk about a little bit of spoilers. You know, yeah. giving people more bang for their buck, man. Sure, I mean, sure. If, you, if you think the movie's worth fucking talking about this long, go ahead. <laughs> All right, we're going into spoilers. Rinko Kikuchi dies. <laughs> End of spoilers. <laughs> no, but I know that is going... That's a weird thing because I think... There's some stuff about the first movie that that world building and that depth, while it didn't translate into your enjoyment of the film, it did translate into that for some people. I've read numerous articles about people identifying with and glomming onto other characters because of like their body language. I know, I know, maybe it's grasping at straws, but some felt for Mechamori in a way, like because of you know stern father and all this kind of shit, and trying to explain away like, oh, I would have done the same in her situation. Whereas most people are like, I'll just punch my dad in the face and get in the fucking robot. Yeah. Whereas some people found that very relatable. Yeah. And she just gets iced. Yeah. And I think that's going to piss off some fans. And it's a, I mean, yes, I kind of can see it's a kind of a corporate move. We'll get them back for a bit, but like we don't want them the, the full thing. We want to set up this new generation. So, I mean, it's only been two movies and they're not like, it's not, we're not talking the fucking Avengers here. You don't have to pass the baton across three movies or anything. Yeah. But I felt it was a little cheap. The way I mean, it was obvious they were going to get rid of her. You know, oh yeah, cheap. yeah, yeah. No, from the moment she turned up, I knew she was going to die. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. I didn't. I thought she'd be around for. A no, bit. no, no, no. From the moment she turned up, I was like, nah, she's. They're going to fucking kill her off. So one of the moments that I laughed my ass off was when it's revealed that Charlie Day is the villain. 
Yes. That was... I did not see that coming at all. And I kind of... I like that. What I tell you, actually, what I did like about it is that it actually made an attempt to come up with a real reason for a continuation of the story. Mm. It wasn't just like, oh, the monsters are back. Yeah. It wasn't just that. No. It, it, there, was a, there was a genuine attempt yeah. to come up with a proper reason. And that kind of worked for me. Yeah, no, it worked for me too, and I appreciated that. And the reveal of Alice was quite nice as yes, well. Yes, and the reveal of Alice. And that, and that Ch- made perfect. That made that was a level of detail and craft. I didn't put that. Even the fucking ice cream that John Boyega eats when he's like back, because I think he's been living on you know scraps for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's eating ice cream, and he eats one ice cream from the scoop, and then he seems to just fill a bowl with cream and put sprinkles on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels like the 18th take, and they just ran out of ice cream or it melted or something. It might have been. And it's just, those kind of things niggle at me. I'm sorry, I'm mildly OCD. And I was just like, ugh, what's he doing eating a bowl of cream? Whereas that had that... You never done that? No. You've never, you've never done like a, the chunk from Goonies thing? Where you, spray it in your where mouth? You spray it in your no, mouth? No. You've never done that? Only with anchor cream. That was really good and it's different now. It doesn't taste the same. You can't taste the CFCs. To this day, if I see like that, if, it's, if that's in the fridge, I'm going to go in there and, be, and, and I'm just going to put it, I'm going to be like, oh God, am I depressed? <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound of depression. <laughs> You want to do some whippets? Mm. But I thought that was like a nice level of depth that the rest of the movie didn't have. And I said it to you before this and I'll say it again. Why are the guns that defend Sydney from kaiju attack pointing at the city? Because they need to be pointing at the city for the next shot. Yes. That's it. And that, and that was again, it was kind of thing. I was like, ugh. And also, how do you hide a rogue Jaeger? How does it get away? It's fucking 30 stories tall. It, it goes, doesn't... Un- goes under the water. Yeah. So does the other one. <laughs> We can track submarines, you know. You see, you know, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Like, no, I like these are stupid answers, questions that should be solved in your first draft, and they annoy me. It's like, oh, it just it's in the water. No, I know, but I mean, they don't lose Godzilla when he's under the water. You can fucking see him. Yeah, (laughs) he has to go like six hundred feet deep before you miss the massive wake he's leaving behind. Yeah, but that's Godzilla. This isn't Godzilla. This is something else. You're watching something else. You're like. You just you just just watch the action. Why do you? What the fuck are you worried about? Where the guns are pointed? It annoys me. It's like I'm swivel. It's like that's just the question. Yeah, uh, I don't think this very much sets up a sequel in a way, but I don't think they're gonna get one. I don't think so either. Well, then again, if the first one barely made it, like the first one based on U.S. box office, there wasn't gonna be a sequel to it. Yeah, it was. Purely based on uh, China. China. Well, so. well, based on the, the, the cumulative, but like it was China was big enough to cover that. Yeah. But the, the, other, oh, the other thing that annoyed me was the, the hard ass Chinese character. Like she dresses like you could cut your finger on her if you touched her. She's so sharp. Yeah. And the moment that she's revealed not to be the villain, she's like her hair is down. Her hair is she, down. She's, down. she's it's, wearing like it's very... like it's like the reverse version of she's yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she yeah, like yeah, takes yeah, her, yeah, she yeah. takes her, put, takes her glasses off and she like yeah no I I noticed that I noticed that like she's like a fucking hard as nails bitch yeah. And then as soon as like she's not, as soon as like the focus is away from her, next time you see her, she's like, she's like, in her like slobby clothes, she's in her comfy pants, you know, she's, she's like her hair is down, you know, she's got she, a bit of mud on her cheek. She's a graceful Asian flower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if I had, uh, yeah, who cares? She's cute. Yeah. Like I, I, the other thing that annoyed me was that like I didn't realize they hadn't been playing the theme until they played the theme, because the theme's really good to run to. The uh, Raymond Diwali and Tom Morello music from the first one. All right. Like, that's really good getting shit done music. Mm-hmm. And they do use it to get shit done montage. Mm-hmm. And only then I realized they hadn't used it, I think, at all in the rest of the movie. All right. And then at the end, they play a cover version. And it's awful. It doesn't seem to have any bass. 
which is the whole point of that song and the guitar is missing and it's an orchestral version and that kind of summed the movie up for me it felt like a bad cover version and if you if the, the first movie you didn't like it as much I didn't love it either but a bad cover version of that is not something that you, if you want to do something extra you got to go that one step beyond you know what I mean mm-hmm. this felt like a version they would do for cheap 20 years after the first movie right. not a couple of years after right. I mean you've clearly put a way more thought into this than I have <laughs> Like for me, it was really just like I forgot about this movie as soon as I saw, as soon as the movie was over. Yeah. While I was watching it, I just thought like, "Hey, I'm, I can see what's going on. I'm enjoying the action. It's more than I can say about the first one." Yeah, I'm that guy now. I'm that guy. Is like, this is a waste of my time. Which I would have preferred. Like, I don't want to see movies that are a waste of my time. I want to see something more. I, I kind of expect movies. Oh yeah, no. I, and I, it doesn't. I, it doesn't I have feel to the be. same way. If it, I didn't yeah. have to fucking watch it to review it, yeah, I wouldn't watch this piece of shit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> But we have to watch it to review it, and yeah. I'm c- talking about it in comparison to the first one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. But that's, I just felt like I, I like my movies to do something more. Like, I, I, prefer, I prefer an empire to, you I, know. Yeah. yeah we Who all, doesn't? <laughs> we all do. Yeah, but that's, you should be aiming for that. I had no intention of watching Peter Rabbit, but I did, because I had to fucking review it. Yeah, and then it turned out to be okay. I enjoy Peter Rabbit more than this. Me, me too. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God, go see Peter Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not as bad as James Corden is in real life. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have to say about that. Yep. Also, that trailer with the uh, War Ready music is probably like again, marketing teams need to raise their game this year. Mm. The the trailer for this that you said, yeah, it was got off a looking trailer, but that music was so fucking annoying. War Ready, <laughs> War Ready, War Ready. Like it just kept saying it over and over again. I don't know. Did you say, or someone said it might be a Tupac song or something? But it was just annoying. No, it wasn't me. <sighs> it wasn't me. It wasn't Audacity either. So yeah, I'm disappointed. You're fine. I'm all right with it. Yeah. Let us know what you think. You can email us at podcast at McGavinFries. You can also get us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Nasty Prime on both. And I'm uh, at Gavyap on Twitter, at Gavyap77 on Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please let your friends... And you can also follow um, the McGap and Fries uh, Instagram page. Yes. There's, at there's, at McGap and Fries. Yeah, there might be some lunacy on there, hopefully. Um, thanks for completely diverting my train of thought. Oh, if you like the show, please tell your friends, because it's the only way people find out about us, because social media is crap these days. And uh, if you're on iTunes, give us a like or a star mm? or a review. You know, if, if you don't like us, tell us because there's no reviews at the moment still. <laughs> it always says not enough reviews to give you a score. Ah, so if well, you have a review, just let us know anyway. Podcast me on Fries because we don't see it. Mm. Help us out. Yeah. Help a brother out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>